there. How are you? I'm all right. How are you doing? I'm good. Just having my cup of tea. Same. <laughs> just yeah. sat down with that. It's a bad hair day this morning, Anita. It's not good. <laughs> Every day's a bad hair day for me. What can you do? Not a lot. I've mm. tried to flatten it down with water and I still look like Myra Hindley. So. <laughs> <laughs> you'd be slightly more attractive than her. <laughs> she wasn't the best. <laughs> oh, excuse me. No, she wasn't the nicest Hindley. woman. Hey. <laughs> How's your week been? Uh, I'm not sure I understand. Oh, here's Siri. Pipe down, Siri, that's enough. (laughs) No one asked you. (laughs) My week's been fine, except for I got stung by a wasp. (laughs) How the fuck did you manage to get stung by a wasp? Well... (laughs) I'm glad the bastard's dead because I wasn't actually even doing anything. I was standing in my own fucking garden smelling my lavender. And then I just stood up and then I thought, oh, like, I can't believe how much it hurt. And the first day after it hurt, like, it, this is this is the fourth day now and I've practically scratched my skin off. It's so itchy. Can anyway, you be allergic to them? Absolutely. Absolutely, yes. Because you always hear people of getting um, anaphylactic shock off bees, don't you? But you never hear them getting it off um, wasps. You can become you can become allergic to anything at any point in your life. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Um, my best friend previously wasn't, and now is severely allergic to strawberries and shellfish. Like she gets this. Yeah. Throat and her lips and mouth swell up and everything. And she didn't used to. We used to eat strawberries all the time. Yeah. Anyway, how's Did your they... week been? What? Back to that. <laughs> <laughs> Do they know what causes things like that? Just a, just a change in the body, or is it still yeah. something that's a bit of an a num? Not really. Sort of cause pinpointed. Yeah. And, and I don't know. Um, a lot about the physiology of allergies. Um, so, yeah, I don't, I'm not really sure. But I think it's weird how you can just be able to eat something sort of for 20-something years of your life mm. and all of a sudden you're allergic to it, especially annoying if it's something you really like. <laughs> it's not too bad if it's something you don't go shit about. I'd be pretty well, pissed, pissed off if I couldn't eat strawberries, though. Well, yeah, and prawns and stuff. That's just a bit sad, really. No, that might be worth looking into a deep dive. It's same with things like um, gluten-free and lactose intolerance. Like 15, 20 years ago, I don't remember anybody being gluten-free. And then all of a sudden, half the population is all of a sudden gluten-free. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> True. I don't know. Um, so how's your week been? I don't really remember it to be honest. So not memorable. It's, it's just been, been, it's been really bad weather here though. So we've not really, well, if we have gone out, it's only been, been to the shops. But yeah, mm. it's, it's not been the best. Um, it's been pretty disgusting here as well. Just... I mean, I'm sure it's not nice for the people that are sat in 50 degree heat, but. It would, yeah, have been, well, it would have been yeah. nice to have a fraction of that. <laughs> Rather yeah, so, than... 
I've actually had uh, there's been occasions that I've had the heater on in the car, which I find ridiculous. We, well, we put the the log fire on the other night. Oh. That's just, and considering this time last year, we had that week where it was 40, not that I would want it to be 40 every day, but this time last year, we had that week when it was like 38 and 40 degrees. We did, and I think the lockdown summers were quite hot for a while as well, weren't they? They were, they were a decent summer. Well, the first summer of lockdown was excellent. <laughs> the, weather, the weather was so really far. good. Uh, because yeah, we, we, we uh, well, I'd say we, I, didn't do any of it. Um, Andrew built our deck. Oh, yes. Mm, and we've had lots, you know, we had lots of use. But uh, we've actually had one barbecue so far this year. That's it. Pathetic. Do you, have you got a proper one in? Or now that you're over in the UK, have you got them dreadful <laughs> one pound tray things? Do you know what oh, I mean? Oh, God, no. Oh, no. And, <laughs> Yeah. Andrew's one of those barbecue kings. Good we've man, this, good man. We've got this great big motherfucker of a thing. Um, got its got it's got its own canopy <laughs> to protect it. <laughs> That's what we're doing next summer. We're all going round to Anita's for a big canopy barbecue. You'd be welcome anytime, anytime, <laughs> but. Uh, like I said, we've literally had one barbecue so far. Anyway, pathetic. Pathetic. I want a refund. I want a refund. <laughs> we want and, a bit, uh, bit more global warming, please, if you don't mind. <laughs> my, um, my niece sent me a quick sort of 15-second video. Um, she's away for the weekend with some friends, and it was just from the balcony of where they're staying, and it was just – pristine blue ocean and blue skies with no clouds, sun shining, and it's the middle of winter. In Australia, I mean. <laughs> I was going to say, where was this? <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't put that vital piece of it. <laughs> well, I have just woken up. Give me a break. If anybody's not from the UK, it certainly wasn't here because all I see is a brown. <laughs> it's... it's... <laughs> I know. Sludge water. Yeah. Yeah. Oh dear. Have we got any burning questions we have to answer from people? We had a couple. However, I'm going to save them for next week. All right. Go, we're going into the other topic. Yeah, because good. I'd asked you asked on the our WhatsApp group if there was anything specific you wanted to mention, and you mentioned the canine nutrition um which i'm glad that you did really because i mean we haven't got we haven't got dogs here we've got cats um mm. but during lockdown because we'd always fed the cats the standard the sheba the felix the whiskers yeah, yeah. just just the, yeah. the plain cat food um and a facebook group was set up um i wasn't on it my other half was on it and it was essentially a group of people that had been feeding their cats felix wet food mm. and mm. their cats had either been dying after eating it or becoming seriously ill off it um oh. so we kind of pulled back a mm. little bit from those those brands we noticed in the shops that felix was kind of the only one that was getting left behind no one was buying it 
and then it was getting put in onto these really good offers to make it a hell of a lot cheaper. Yeah. And we spent weeks and eater looking for a, not the raw food diet for them, but just something that was natural, good, clean food. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we settled on catkins in the end, which is it's just essentially steamed meat that gets put in a bag. You, it comes yeah. frozen, you defrost it. But yeah. the cha- change in them, the, the the temperaments, how they are on a, a night, um, the fur mm. and the, the skin and the eyes, mm. th- the change was in within days of how everything was improving. Interesting. Um, so, so I wondered really what your take was and why you picked out the, the canine nutrition, because I think people have probably got more dogs and cats in the UK. Yeah. Um, it was just at at the time when I, when I did the uh, the certificate, it was just as a uh, there was a guy who was a trainer and he had sort of a group of people in his sort of wasn't a company or anything, but they mm-hmm. sort of all worked together. And uh, I offered to help him out with something um, after I'd met up with him. Uh, and, yeah, then he just suggested that I do that and sort of become part of their kind of team, as it were. Um, plus, it just speaking from first-hand experience, like um, when we first got our dog, we were just feeding, you know, kibble and mm-hmm. that that sort of stuff. And, my God. The diarrhea was just beyond disgusting. Just revolt. Just oh, yeah. Constant. Yeah, it was just It was just. I can't think of all the bad words to describe <laughs> it. It was just. It was really gross, and it was extremely offensive, and it was just, you know. Anyway, um, so. The guy that I previously mentioned, um, our dog went to stay with him for a while when we went away, and he mm-hmm. he just put because he fed his dogs raw. He had a Malinois as well, um, so he just put her on raw. And then, having done after the fact, I sort of did this course and did research and stuff, and or reading, um, and I'm just a hundred percent convinced it's the uh it's the best food for your dog and there's numerous reasons why um but you were saying about a movie you mentioned something about a movie on netflix was that or a documentary about vets and food yeah they've taken it down um of course they have i'm currently trying to google again just using phrases Mm. that i remember from it see if it pops up if i find it i'll put it in the podcast podcast description Mm. Mm. um it was a quite a big well well she said she was a well-known vet in america um and i think she'd studied pet nutrition and the more she looked into it the more she realized that the amount of junk and shit that was going into pet food um Mm. she she recommended the raw food diet for mm-hmm. um, for pets, mm-hmm. like uncooked organic yep. meats. Yep. Um, 
but the arguments that she was having, they had a vet on one side and um, pushing the generic big brands, and then they had her on the other side pushing the raw diet. But she was, she took say five bags of the most popular pet foods in the mm. states, and she went mm. through every single ingredient, every single thing that it can mm-hmm. do to damage a pet's body all through the marketing process on how they put the the pictures and the wordings on the bags yep. yep she goes into the factories to see how all the the meats are processed for pets foods and i guess in a way it was it was a one-sided argument on her part um but she she doesn't spend the entire time telling you to go onto the raw food thing she kind of leaves the question open to at the end is what do you think is going to be best for your pet yeah. um, but it, if I can if I can find the name of it or if there's another copy of it anyway I might have a look on that dodgy film and tv show up that I use <laughs> that I use it might the be on you, there the one that you love <laughs> but I mean I know the the laws in the UK are slightly different to America but I didn't realize that when companies put on their packaging things like organic or natural that it doesn't necessarily necessarily have to mean that it is natural, organic, and actually, when you do look at the ingredients, there's not a lot in there <laughs> that is natural or, or um, organic. It is just chemicals or animal derivatives. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I think I d- I don't know so much about that aspect of dog food uh, that you're saying about the you know, the ingredients and the breakdown and what's in them and all that sort of stuff. Um, But I I do find it interesting that any vet that you go into has a prominent display of packaged food in the foyer. Um, And that in itself, I think, tells you something. And I don't – my experience too is that uh, vets scaremonger you about feeding raw because mm-hmm. um, they say, oh, oh, you know, they can get it perforated bowel from a, a sliver of bone or something like that. Um, and they always encourage you to use the stuff that they're selling. Um Yes, and they, they they generally seem they generally seem to be anti-raw, and my understanding too is that they don't, uh, as as training for a vet, they do very little, if anything, on actual nutrition. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but um, so the the whole the whole premise. I mean, I can't speak about feeding cats at all. I've just I've had zero experience and. Never will, because um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm team dog. But, boo, um, boo. <laughs> boo, boo to you too. too. <laughs> I bastard cats. I hate them and they love me. <laughs> They're so, yeah. They all they really like me, cats, and it's just like get away from me. Don't touch me. <laughs> anyway, digress. Um, <laughs> So I think where to start? Dogs are ninety nine point. It, it, 
what I've read varies by 0.1 of a percent, but dogs are 99.8% identical genetically to wolves. And yes. dogs are basically domestica domesticated wolves. But we've just got all different breeds of dogs through, you know, breeding or mm -hmm. selective genetic stuff or whatever. Anyway, so in terms of their GI tract, if you like, nothing's changed for hundreds of thousands of years. So they still have the same digestive system that they had that that they had when they were just wild wolves. Mm -hmm. Nothing's changed, and people confuse domesticating with genetic change. And we've domesticated wolves, but that's a manage, that's a behaviour thing. We've tamed them but we haven't changed them genetically. So they're, they're almost identical to a wild wolf, except for their tame. So if you think about what a wild dog or a wild wolf would eat, it's just they're carnivores. They eat prey that they've killed, and they eat the whole lot of it. So the the... The premise of feeding raw, or the more correct term for term for it is, this is such a bad anacron, ac, oh, I can't even say it. <laughs> anacron, acronym. Is <laughs> that right? I mean, you've said it better than how I'd have said it. <laughs> Whatever, say yes. you know, yeah, that that word. Um, it's called, like, if you want to Google it and read about it, it's called BARF, B-A-R-F, which as well Lovely. as meaning spewing, I know it's a terrible <laughs> thing, um, that stands for biologically appropriate raw food. So a proper raw diet emulates what wild dogs ate, mm -hmm. wild wolves ate what they've been eating forever, which is 80% muscle, 10% bone, and 10% um, organ meat. So if you are going to properly feed your dog raw, that's what the breakdown of the food needs to be because that mm -hmm. emulates exactly what they have always eaten. Um so you can easily check, like, the stuff that we buy, it says on the label, the percentage of everything. And to me, feeding a dog only, like, dry food and stuff like that is the equivalent of just feeding your child biscuits yes. for its whole yeah. life, and that's all it gets, biscuits. Um and I do know that there's dogs for various reasons that can't tolerate eating raw for maybe they're allergic or to some things or you know, whatever. There, there might be some minor, some issues 
in a small percentage of dogs that can't eat raw, but the majority of them, it's what it's how, what they're built to eat sort of thing. Um, now we're going to get into, like, <laughs> gross stuff. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> yes, last week started off with a heavy topic, so... <laughs> <laughs> so most people have heard of dogs um, needing their anal glands expressed by the vet, or you can... Oh, learn. yes. Yeah. So... The per- first of all, the purpose of anal glands is primarily to um, they secrete a really s- smelly, fishy oil stuff, and its function is to mark the territory. Mm-hmm. So, like you know, my dog will go up to some poo sitting on the track and like likes to have a sniff at it, and they get so much information from it. They get the gender of the dog and they get all sorts of things. So the primary thing of anal glands is just to mark the territory. I mean, why why they need to mark where they've had a shit, I don't know. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is. They're dogs. That's what they do. Um, also, when, when dogs actually do their poo, those glands get um, pressed and they excrete some of that oil but to do that their poo has to be fairly firm mm-hmm. so you know when dogs don't eat a diet that gives them nice hard poo then the oil doesn't get secreted because there's no pressure to to put, to secrete it so they all just fill up and then they get infected and blocked and then it's a trip to the vet and it's disgusting because they can get abscesses and all sorts of things. So with a raw diet, um, like when when Charlie goes to the toilet, her poos are really hard and they within a day or so they go like almost like chalky. Yes. And it's because everything that's in that food she uses and digests except for the bone. So the bone makes the poo really hard. So that sort of puts paid to anal gland issues and it barely smells at all. And like in a day or so it's sort of gone all chalky and crumbly and it's just dry. And other things, you know, the bone helps keep their teeth clean. The bone in the in the diet helps to clean their teeth and stuff. Um, she doesn't have bad breath or anything. Um, and they get like they have liver, they have heart, they have brain. Um, so they get vitamin D from the liver. Um, and the other secreting organs give you heaps of vitamins, and they also put in unwashed tripe, um, which has got lots of probiotics in it, mm-hmm. even though it smells so disgusting. It's just not funny. Because, um, you know, the, the the tripe that people eat from the supermarket, if you indulge in that, is 
It's been bleached, so it's white, so it looks aesthetically pleasing. Unwashed tripe is sort of this black-green colour because it's still got all the stuff from the gunk. that was <laughs> that was in the in the sheep's stomach. Um, so yeah, it doesn't it doesn't smell good, but it you know we just put up with it because it's good for her. So so yeah, in a nutshell, that's my take on it. Why it makes sense to feed your dog raw if they can tolerate it, which most dogs can. Um, and they're just getting entirely what their body needs. They use all of it. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. It's interesting you said that with the, the anal gland thing, because mm. um, not long after I lost, I last saw you, um, I'd got a, um, a cockapoo puppy. Yeah, um, yeah. And when we first got him and took him to the vets, they, they sold us whatever dog food they had yeah. there and then when he got his injections. And, mm -hmm. then, and he said there and then that it was quite a common issue for cockapoos have to need their anal glands sorting. And it was just a case, you know, just ring us up, book us, book us in. I think I must have had it done two or three times um, mm. whilst, whilst I had him. Mm. I, but I wonder if pets, uh, vets, sorry, are on commission with certain brands. Cause I know Mars that do, that make Mars bars, they have 41 brands of pet food. Um, I think to name a few of theirs, I think Iams is one of theirs. Pedigree yeah. is one of theirs mm -hmm. and Royal Canines, one of theirs and Nestle as well. I think they've yeah. had 30 brands of pet food i think per perina was the um the main one of theirs in the uk um, and colgate the tooth the toothbrush people they've got four brands in, <laughs> in the pet so. food yeah um i didn't recognize any of their their brands from over here maybe they might be a bit more america but the food that they make for humans isn't good there's, there's nothing that them companies make that are built for a human diet. So I I wonder how much a I trust them making food for pets, mm. um, and b what the the real intentions are. Because I'd imagine with massive companies like that, it's probably just another cash cow for them in the pocket rather. Than, but just even the look of the pet food most people use on a day to day. Basis. It doesn't matter if it says natural on it or, or if it's whiskers or whatever. It mm. all looks the same. It's that horrible diced brown mm -hmm. jelly gunk. It's minging. It's like, it, it doesn't it smell nice before it goes in, never mind by the time that it's come back out again. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I just like, I, I do find it telling that. Like I said, you know, every vet that I've been into has got mm -hmm. like a nice display of all this nice, you know, dry food and packaged stuff and everything. Um, and I think having seen the relationship between companies that sell medical products and doctors, mm -hmm. um, where I worked for the last 10 years in hospital, uh, we had lots of reps coming in 
all the time. And, I mean, it's kind of been cleaned up a bit now that we we technically aren't supposed to accept any sort of um, what what would you I don't know a rep a rep would come and they'd take all all the staff out for dinner and pay smooth them a bit yeah oh a lot <laughs> <laughs> the stuff that we got like. It ranged from, you know, uh, a coffee round in the morning and a great big box of, you know, cakes from the coffee shop as well or lunch or out for dinner and we didn't go Mm -hmm. to cheap places by any means. Um, So there's all that. Um, But it was also like they brought all their products with them because obviously they're there to sell the stuff and they want – they want the, you know, they want the doctor to try their wares, and yeah. and then we would stop them because, you know, you'd th- you'd think, oh yeah, well, you know, I'll try I'll try this or I'll try that. So yeah, we'll buy some of your stock and and stock it and stuff. So that kind of thing was so common, and. It wouldn't surprise me if that was a similar kind of scenario with the vet situation. And I don't know for sure, obviously. I'm just sort of surmising here. But, and as I said too, also vets tried to scaremonger, I think, with, you know, they don't approve of raw diets. And I wonder why. Well, they're not making any money out of it, really. If if you're given, I think it's the same for people as well, Versus big pharma, I think if you're giving a living thing something that it's designed to have, you're going to encounter less problems than eating all this processed shit. Exactly. Um, exactly. Uh, there's, there's 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 no money in it for them. It's just, it's the reason I don't think they'll ever outwardly say that they've got a cure for cancer. I'm not saying they have got a cure for cancer. I think if they haven't already. Um, they definitely will have, but they're not. They would. They'd never give that out because the the amount of money. It's a billion pound industry. Mm-hmm. Is people mm-hmm. having cancer? They're just. They're not going to want to lose that kind of money and income coming in on a regular basis. Mm, I think, and I think, yeah. On on that on that thought, there'd be a loss, a lot less dogs with all the gastrointestinal mm-hmm. problems. And imagine if. Imagine if all the dogs didn't have to go and have their bum sorted out at the vet. That, well, I, look at the prices. That Even for just an emergency call, say, if you've got to take them in on a Sunday night, <laughs> the mm. amount of money they charge just for a quick check over and keeping it in overnight. It's uh... Yeah, I don't – I haven't had good experiences with – one bit in particular that we started taking her to and then we moved because we had some very bad experiences and I don't know I don't know what exactly happened but Charlie was fine going to the vet and then at some point when she was there and we weren't something happened and now she's terrified really yeah yeah um so we changed vets um 
because we had a disagreement with them about something else as well. But um, generally the one we go to now is better. And in terms of her being frightened, they've been very supportive and we we keep her in the car and they come out and see her in the car, which is great. But Can I introduce themselves first to her? Oh, no, no, it's it's just like minimum interaction because she's, fright, she's frightened. She's frightened. Poor little thing. Yeah. Um, when we changed vets, I spoke to them and I said, I'd like to come over, not for an appointment. I said, I just want to walk into the waiting room and let her have a sniff around and, and then we'll, we'll, I'll give her some treats and we'll mm. go. Oh, God. I went in there and she almost pulled my arm off my shoulder trying to get out again. Um, she just wanted to get the hell out of there. And then I gave her a little break and we went for a walk and played some games and stuff. And then I went back there and she wouldn't even go in the door. So it must have been the smell that she associated. Yeah. Um, so, but anyway, but the so mostly they've been good with that aspect, but. Two things that I've sort of witnessed that I'm not impressed with is um, when she had a general anaesthetic, it was after her surgery and they had to do some x-rays to check that her uh, surgery was successful and everything was healed. Um, and I asked for a breakdown of the bill. It was the, the day cost £500. Um, so it was sedation beforehand because she's so nervous and we have to get her inside somehow so we have to give her this regime of sedation which is fine um then there's a charge for the actual anesthetic agents um and i don't know exactly what they give whether they give uh gas and an injectable anesthetic agent yeah but there's a charge for the those drugs as well and this is what really fucked me off there was i think it was 70 or 80 pounds charge for use of monitoring equipment Hot. now having worked in critical care areas my whole life i know this stuff's expensive but that would have been well and true and it lasts for a long time it's not a sort of a purchase that you yeah make and then it only lasts for six months and you've got to get another like they last for years monitoring stuff and i think that would have been paid for well and truly by now so i thought that was a bit pissy um and another time uh charlie accidentally uh, and i learned my lesson from this but that's another story uh she swallowed one of my tablets that i dropped on the floor and it was uh just a uh anti-inflammatory And I kind of panicked and sort of rang the vet straight away and they said, oh, bring her in, bring her in. But anyway, as it turned out, she'd had had one tablet which was way below the toxic level that you would expect any sort of damage for her gastrointestinal system at all. But they charged me 80 pounds and I only went in and spoke to them. They didn't even look at her. Um, and then I had to also, yeah, if for that charge there was five days' worth of uh, 
sort of stomach protection medication. Oh, God. The worry was, you know, an anti-inflammatory is irritating to your stomach lining yeah. and then you can sort of um, get bleeding and all that sort of stuff. But the chance of that happening from one tablet would be minuscule. But you know, you know what it's like. It's your dog. You just fork out for whatever you, whatever you're yeah. asked to fork out. Yeah, um, without question. Yeah, and that that whole consultation was really quite like that could have been dealt with as a phone call, and give me some credit for the the common sense and the knowledge mm-hmm. that I've got that if she had any issues with GI bleeding that I would notice. Yeah. But it was highly unlikely from one tablet. So, And they also wanted to sell me this other stuff. I'm not quite sure what it was, but it was some big syringe full of some probiotic gut thing or something, and I just said I'd have no chance of getting that down, so I said I'm not buying that. Uh, and, look, at the end of the day, they're a business, but I don't like being um, – manipulated and yeah. ripped off because like most people like you do anything for your pet you don't kind of you think oh I've got to do the best I'll, I'll fork out the money um yeah that's so that's my experience with with their um what's the word I can't think of the word. I, know, I was going to try like that. Um, the oh Jesus! Monetize? No, monetizing no, wouldn't be no, the right. No, uh, their sort of not credibility, their sort of morals, if you like, for want of a better word. Mm-hmm. But morals is not the right word. Eth- ethos. Yes, that'll do. That'll do. Yes, I like that one. Thank you. I knew you'd come good in the end. I knew you'd come good in the end with something. Yeah. I, you know, I understand they're a business, but, but I think that they play too much off people's emotions and guilt because they know people won't refuse. They do this other thing saying um, when you sign the consent for a, a surgery, they say, if we need to give your dog IV fluids, you have to have permission beforehand. Yes. And yeah. You have to pay extra. And so Andrew said to them, so if something happens to my dog and they need fluids but I haven't said yes, you won't give them? And I suspect, too, if you said yes, give them, and they didn't need them but they might give them anyway and charge for it. Yeah, or say that they have. Yeah, who's going to argue Who's going to argue if they say your dog needed them under anaesthetic? You, what are you going to say? So that's a bit – the way that they do, that's a bit underhand as well. I underhand, think we have the same. That's a good word too. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that is the right word. Mm. Have you had any similar experiences? We had the exact same as that when we got the um, the cat spayed. I mean, it, it, it wasn't – an expensive procedure by any means. I think at most mm. it probably all rounded up to 40, 50 quid. Um, oh, all. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't too bad. This, it was just a case of refusing the extras afterwards and it was yeah. some, something stupid like it was £35 just for a plastic cone to go around the head just to stop them from licking it. And we, yeah, we, yeah. Just, we just got a multi-pack of baby grows from Sainsbury's and cut holes out and stuck it on the cat and it was... <laughs> Yeah. 
it didn't last long, but it, it did the job while did they were the while yeah. they were the healing. I mean, really, from a marketing standpoint, pets and kids are probably the best thing to get into <laughs> money wise because marketing to hit right is all about emotions. Yes, and, and like guilt. you said, yes. you don't question it when it comes to kids and dogs. Um, nope, what, whatever they say they need, you're going to do it. Yep, it's fine. I don't care how much it's going to cost. Yep. Um, so they've kind of got you over a barrel a, a little bit, haven't they, with, in that yeah, respect? Cause, yeah, because it's the guilt thing and the pulling on your heartstrings things and, oh, I wouldn't want to deny my pet anything. Mm. Um, that's another thing that, uh, you know, with hindsight, I've uh, discovered that we were told to neuter Charlie at six months mm -hmm. and of course we duly did um, but I've since found out that it's optimum for your dog's health um, she's a female so I'm just talking about female dog but um, for them to have one or even better two seasons before mm -hmm. you Put them in for surgery because then they have the benefit of the full sort of cycle of hormones yes um yeah. and then could because the hormones uh have an effect on their growth plates um and they're not fully closed and fused until they've had a couple of cycles and so without the benefit of those sort of hormones that that the body releases when they have a cycle or two um one of the things i read was that uh your dog can be much more prone to having issues with their uh ligaments because they haven't been fully developed yes yeah because they've lacked those hormones and last year charlie had surgery on her acl which uh -huh. Cost us, cost us four thousand pounds. Four thousand, Christ. Yeah. Um. So, had we not had her done at six months, there's a chance that. I mean, ACL issues are common in big dogs, and there's other factors, but we may not have needed. She may not have had that issue. Yeah. Had we waited and given her a couple of cycles, um, and I know having a dog in heat is a pain in the ass, but uh, I would much rather have managed that than put her through surgery. I mean, there's like I said, there's other factors. It's not just that, but I found out after the fact that it would have decreased the chances yeah. of her having that. Yeah. And what what age do they recommend doing cats? Oh God! Um, the first one, I think we got her done at a year. I think because yeah, because she wasn't our cat originally. It was my mm. flatmate at the time. It was his cat, and then he moved back to Harrogate. Mm -hmm. um, so we got her done after a year, and then the little one we got her done maybe seven or eight months old, but mm -hmm. she was she was the worst because the older one used to just howl the place down. 
Um, yeah. But the younger one just used to squirt everywhere. It was, it was absolutely minging. Because yeah. um, we, we weren't going to get her done because I, I think she was a bit of the run of the litter. She's quite small. She's got a fat little body, tiny little head. Um, <laughs> and we thought maybe she might not have developed right enough to have to go through the proper heat cycle, if that makes sense. But yeah, she she yeah. did in the end. Um, so yeah. yeah, I don't know. Because the, the thing with cats, I think if you go on the vet websites, they more or less just want you in there as soon as, as, soon as you can, really. Mm. Um, mm. Obviously not while they're kittens, but as soon as they start leaving kittenhood and going into, into the, yeah. into yeah. the cat, they want, want you to book in. And it's all the scaremongering stuff. It's all, if you don't do this, they're going to get, cancer of this and cancer of that and if they get pregnant you're adding to the problems of stray cats everywhere and blah 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 and I mean we did it but it was it was purely for the fact that we couldn't handle the howling and we couldn't, we couldn't <laughs> handle the squirting mess all over the walls and the bedding yeah, um, yeah. that's the only reason that we did it otherwise we'd have been quite happy to let them have a litter or two yeah um, I th- and I think that's, I mean, I think that's really pushed that, you know, the the unwanted pregnancy thing, which is which is understandable. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, from the point of view of having a dog, uh, having have them having like just a couple of cycles, I mean, you know, it's manageable. It's difficult, but it's manageable. Um, and there's also what you just mentioned before. There's there's things about you know early neutering. Uh, I think can increase the chance of some sort of cancers in female mm-hmm. dogs. Um, I must read a bit more about that. Mm. But I have heard I have heard that that's a, a connection as well. And I wonder if I wonder what it is for cats if it's any similar sort of things that you can, like early spaying, can increase them to getting A, B, C, D, E. I don't know. We certainly weren't made aware of any, but I suppose if, they, if they're pushing to get it done, they're not going to make they're it. They're not going to tell you those things. And and why would you ask? Well, you wouldn't, because like, stuff like that, you just it's drilled into society, really, isn't it? If you've got pets, like that kind of stuff's kind of... One of the first things you get told when you start looking into getting, yeah, getting and an animal. And I think it's a similar analogy with people that mm-hmm. you just you always assume that a a doctor is competent and they know what they're talking about and that their advice will be the best thing for you. And that's not necessarily right. I obviously know firsthand numerous examples. They don't always know what they're talking about. They're not. No. They, they don't. They're not always as competent as you would like. And always encourage people. People are loath to get a second opinion because they worry they're going to offend their doctor. It's like fuck that. Fuck their feelings. Like this is your health. It's your body. It's your decision. Like. You're entitled to as many opinions as you want, and if a doctor gets offended, and I have known doctors that do that, they yeah. guilt people for getting a second opinion, and most lay people will just crumble at that kind of pressure from a doctor. Um, 
so you're perfectly entitled to get as many opinions as you like. So it's just, and and I think you know as a person who has no dog knowledge, well I didn't then, I do now. Um, you just think that the vet is always doing the best for your dog and that you should just do what they say, and it's not actually true. It's it's right what you say with the second opinion stuff with mm. my seizures growing up I think the first doctor said it was one thing mm-hmm. then we asked for a second opinion they weren't happy with it but we eventually got there and then the next doctor said it was another thing mm. that obviously didn't pan out and then we finally asked for an, a third opinion which we got mm. got to the right answer in the end but none of them prior to the last one were happy that we were asking for a second opinion on anything mm. And I don't know what it is that they're so offended about. Um, I mean, I've, I've, from my own experience, I've been to multiple specialists um, about my uh, issues with my back from the injury that I had Mm -hmm. in my 20s. And it actually took, for me to actually get a diagnosis it was actually a self-directed thing. I actually organised myself to go to a specialist back clinic in Melbourne and I had all these tests and I actually got a diagnosis and that happened in my 40s and I injured myself in my 20s, so this was a really long time. And, I mean, one specialist specifically, he said to me, your in your pain is not caused from your discs, and so I now have radiological evidence that I have two ruptured discs. So that was a specialist who was flat out wrong. I hope you sent him them pictures <laughs> at the end of it all. Just be like, well, yeah, stick this, mate. So yeah, someone needs to go back to medical school. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, and I've seen countless things of doctors just royally fucking up well and truly, like to the point where people die. I think it's quite common. I know Mm -hmm. our doctors, I mean, I've not been signed up to them that long. I think I've been twice. And Mm. for whatever reason, they've had cover doctors in, Um, so not GPs that necessarily signed to work at that surgery and every time that I've been in they've googled there and then mm-hmm. certain conditions certain words certain symptoms and then mm. gone gone off the, the basis of that and I'm thinking you've done it all these years in medical school and you're sat here on google <laughs> well, I could have done that <laughs> yeah and and again um I know firsthand uh, with the entire menopause story that GPs have almost zero training in menopause Mm -hmm. and that in itself is just so neglectful given that 50% of the population will be experiencing that if they live that long. Um, and, you know, initially 
when I started needing treatment and management when I was going through menopause that the information that I was given was just so out of date and was just inaccurate and I I actually struggled for geez I'd say four or five years before I actually got the right information and the right treatment and actually addressed the issues that I was having um, and again, that was that was primarily self-directed. Yeah. Um, and I know that GPs have very little working knowledge of menopause, and they fob women off, or they just, as I said, outdated, archaic information that's inaccurate, um, and which ends up just denying people the treatment that they need. I wonder if that's the same for the the opposite end for women with starting periods as well, because I've always been under the impression that that's just inf- if a girl starts a period that that's just information that's passed down on from a parent or a guardian rather than a conversation mm. with a doctor. I might be wrong. Obviously, I don't know, but um, um, I wonder if it was the same on both ends of a woman's I, cycle. Well, I don't. I don't think. So you don't sort of. Especially when you just well, generally with periods, when they start, you just need to learn to manage it for yourself. But you know there are issues that come up, like if they're so heavy that you can't like just you know live a, a normal life for those days, and that was the situation that I was in. Um, but there's not as many long-term health issues at the beginning of your fertility cycle as yes. there is at the end there's tons yeah. of long-term significant issues that need addressing when it comes to an end rather than it, you know it's not so much at the beginning of it um yeah but the the lack of knowledge is is just abysmal and you know i I think it's not not unreasonable to expect that one GP in each practice has at least some sort of onwards extra training so they actually are up to date and they actually know uh, what needs to be done. Uh, you know, I've, I'm in a menopause group on Facebook and, you know, women going on with all these mm-hmm. symptoms and the the doctor, even a female doctor saying, well, you expect that at your age, you just have to live with it. That's abysmal. It's a very odd mentality to have from a medical professional. Especially a woman. Yeah. I mean, that, that just kind of makes it even just that much worse. Bad enough for a male doctor saying that, but a female, that's just appalling. Do you think that's kind of a, a defensive mode reaction from her rather than... Oh, I think it's ignorance. They just have no idea what needs to be addressed and what needs to be done. It's just lack of knowledge, lack of training. Just stick your head up your ass. <laughs> just well, with the, the training that you had, do they? How's the best way to to fade this? Do they give training on, let's say, the top five? worst medical conditions or is it just a case of we'll tell you how to 
research to find out what the problem is. Does that make sense? Rather than specific issues, they just tell you how to look for certain things rather than... Are you talking about being a nurse or... Yeah, just from... I know it's not fully the same as maybe what a doctor might do, but with the training that you've had, was it more teaching how to look out for things rather than about specific Mm. ins and outs of things that might not make sense (laughs) well it was it was all of the above all of it together yeah 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 i wouldn't say it was more one than the other um but you need to you know things change all the time people Mm -hmm. you know research is being done all the time um new medications you know coming on to be available all the time and you've got to keep you have to keep on top of your game you have to know what's what's current what's new what's because things are changing all the time you know there's research being done all the time for all sorts of things Mm -hmm. um daily but but yeah but for example i used to take um a medication called Voltaren, I can't remember its other name. Oh, diclofenac, I think. Yeah, diclofenac. Anyway, it was an anti-inflammatory. Mm. Um, and I was taking that for a number of years, and then research came out that um, that, and I think there's another. There was another one called naproxen, um, and it it increased your chance of developing cardiovascular disease later on in life. So they took it off the market. Um, mm. just things like that. You, you you can't just get your bit of paper and then just go practice for thirty years and not not learn anything else on the premise that you mm. already know it all because you don't. And yeah, the fact that menopause happens to fifty percent of the people, you know, and it's a very complex thing, and you you do need to be up to date with. Uh, management, you know, what medication's appropriate, how to diagnose it and all that sort of stuff. And and just to sort of say, well, you can expect that because it's your age is just, that's very substandard. Shoddy work, isn't it, really? It's... Shoddy, yes. That's a good word. I like that. Shoddy, Shoddy. work. <laughs> Shoddy, yeah. It's neglectful. I have found that documentary. Oh, cool. Um, so it's called Pet Fooled, which is yeah. Pet, Pet Fooled, F-O-O-L-E-D. L-E-D, yeah. Um, at the minute, it's £3.49 on YouTube, Google Play, Apple TV, and Amazon Prime. It's the only mm. places you can get it at the mm-hmm. minute. Mm. Um, but I'd highly suggest it, because she covers everything from the main dog food, the raw dog yeah. food diets, and... The treats as well, like how the, you know, you get the the hide bones and things like that for dogs. Mm, um, she mm. goes into the medical reasons on why you shouldn't be giving dogs things like that. Um, yeah, there's a particular um, thing. I can't remember exactly what it's called now. The what name evades me, but there's uh, this particular stuff that, is a lot of dog made they use to make a lot of sort of dog chews and things and it's something that they kind of like shape into mm-hmm. it, so it looks a bit like a bone or whatever but um apparently they're very unsafe 
uh, I'll probably remember what the name of it <laughs> when we finish. But anyway, yeah. She's probably um, said it, but I, I'm I'm not really yeah. um yeah down with the the lingo for everything. I can't mm. remember what she said about it now. Um, but if you look at like for example kibble, you know, dry food. Mm-hmm. If you if you look at what's in there, the majority of it is like filler and cereal and stuff, and that's is, the reason. Yeah. Like you know what? Why as a puppy. Our girl had um, diarrhea because the stuff in there is not digestible. All these fillers and stuff, it's just, it's not nutritious food. It's just rubbish, just to bulk out the product sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, this, this woman said that, and I can't remember what the name was. I mean, if you watch it, you'll find out what it is. But she said yeah. that they've, they've now put on the packaging on some of them saying that it's not got any of those grains in them, but the same as they do with humans and sugar, they put it under a different name. Yes, yes. Which, yep. however the regulations and laws work around it, doesn't mean that they have to tell you that it is any grains. Exactly that thing, yeah, yep. But I've just been flicking through the internet while we've been talking and a few things that I didn't know, and I think it relates more to wet food. Mm. Um, but anything with the word with the regulations on it is any food label that contains the word with in the description must contain no less than only 3% meat ingredients. Mm. Mm. And that doesn't have to be proper. There was another one. Where's the other one gone? This bloody mouse keeps dying on me. Another regulation, if there's two ingredients named, for example, duck and brown rice on pet food, Mm. uh, in the regulations, the combination, they need to make up the 25%. There is no rule as how much of the 25% would have to be either duck or brown rice. Um, So So even... So you could get like 1% duck and 24% rice because it would be much cheaper. And again, it doesn't have to be organic whole duck either. Um, no, no, that would be too expensive. But it, it, it's one of them rabbit holes because now we yeah. start looking at the back of all the packaging on yeah. cat yeah. food and the stuff that's in it is <laughs> absolutely mind-blowing. The crap that I mean, they put it, in it. I think... I think Feeding raw is the akin to a person eating um, lots of protein and fruits and vegetables, you know, whole whole foods that give you nutrients that your body needs. That's, that's what raw food does for your dog in the big, you know, in the big picture. Um, And yeah, sure. Look, we, we give her the occasional treat of something, rubbishy like you know a bit of a bit of the crust off our toast or something like that but um 99% of her the food that she eats 98% is raw food and a few tiny little um treats for training yeah which i make as small as possible what? Give her as little as possible of that because it's sort of yeah 
not as nutritious. What I didn't know, and I can't remember what the exact event was, but apparently the dried dog food and cat food only came about because I think it was during one of the wars, they needed the tins. Right. And, and the biggest... Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, the biggest use mm. of tins at the time was pet food. Pet, so pet food. they, I can't remember who did it now, but some guy came up with dried pet food just so they could use the tins for I want to say it was for the bullets they were using in in war um but yeah that's how dried pet food came about it was a necessity for the tin rather than yeah. ah. for the for the health of the animals yeah I mean look I can I can appreciate that it's convenient mm-hmm. and it's not as messy as feeding raw um when yeah but it's it's me, worth trying yeah. though isn't it if you can try it and fit it into your daily routine just fine then mm. why why the hell not do it look um, there's people who um i mean i i don't i've never done this um i know there's there's people who actually make they buy source all the different ingredients and they make up their own raw diet for their dog sticking to those bath principles but um you know so they're kind of presumably they've got lots of freezer space and lots of room to prep (laughs) because you know they've got they might buy sort of like half a deer or something like that i don't know whatever um you know they're actually buying kind of frozen rabbits or stuff like that um to feed their dogs like we don't do that we we just buy it pre-packaged um but it's a pain it's a pain it's doesn't smell very nice and it's Mm -hmm. messy um it's messy to get out of the packet because it's blood and everything and blah 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 but um doesn't matter because that's the best for her um and that's yeah, that's really what we're most interested in. So, so, so a small inconvenience on our part it doesn't matter. Again, you'll do anything for your pet, mm-hmm. won't you? <laughs> From a price standpoint, so we're, with the cats, we're on catkins now. Like it, it's decent food. I'd quite happily eat it. It smells like proper mincemeat. Do you know what I mean? It's it not. Smells, yeah, it doesn't smell like something out of a swamp. <laughs> <laughs> From a price standpoint, for you doing mm. the raw thing, how does that um, work for you well, in a budget? Is it a reasonable? Is, is it manageable? That's probably what mm. I'm trying to get at. Yeah, well, um, we well, look, I, I bought two weeks' worth yesterday, and it was about what did I pay? But the place that we go, they have like three levels of uh, raw. What mm. that they've got these giant freezers, and there's a huge mixture of any sort of uh, number of animals that you could think of, from quail to chicken to turkey mm. to beef to blah blah, blah duck, all all the boar, all sorts of things. So they have three kind of levels: they're bronze, silver, and gold. And you know, with the gold box you get sort of the more exotic kind of meats if you like you know yeah. the duck the quail all that sort of stuff but uh for our girl we just get to the bronze one and she gets <laughs> she gets uh turkey beef 
chicken, fish, blah, 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 just all standard sort of things. And it was uh, so two weeks worth was about 18 pounds. That's not too bad. That's all so right. She, she eats um, the food comes in 500 gram blocks and we give her she gets two lots of 375 grams, whatever the 600. She gets 750 grams mm-hmm. of food a day. Um, you know, she weighs 30, probably about 36 kilos. Um, so, yeah, that lasts us a little bit over two weeks. So, I, and like, I don't know how that compares to the cost of buying tin food or kibble or anything like that. So, I don't think it's that cheap anymore, really. Although the ones we were using certainly isn't. I think it mm. was. I think for the the higher grade items for a small box of twelve, I think it was mm. about seven eight pounds on an offer. Mm. Um, mm. At the minute we're spending sixty sixty seventy a month on catkins. Really, um, but that's for two cats though. Um, and the bags, the bags are they're bloody huge. It lasts, it lasts ages. We can get, you could easily get four meals out of one bag because you, when you're on the website, you put in how big your cat is, and they send the bag size of the meat oh, in, a, okay. in accordance yep. to. Yeah. So we always yep. say that the cats are bigger than that they are because they send the bigger bags, and we can split that between the two of them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I suppose. So that's actually quite a lot. In a month, isn't it? It is really, but then mm. between the two of them, when we've run out or forgotten to order mm. the food in and we keep nipping back and forth to Sainsbury's or wherever, we're actually <laughs> spending more money buying the cheap crap yes, than what yeah. we are spending on the um, on the decent stuff. Yeah. Um, and I know, I mean, you said that you had two cats, but... Between them, they would still weigh much less than my dog weighs. Absolutely, yeah. Oh, I should hope they do. Otherwise, I'm doing something seriously wrong, Anita. Oh, actually, oh, shit, I haven't got a cat. I've got a tiger. Oh, fuck. Um, So I guess looking at that, for for her size and what it costs us a fortnight, that's actually quite economical. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we used to have it delivered, um, but now we tend to go and get it, and it's a, it's a bit of a drive. But um, so I don't know. It's probably six and one half a dozen of the other with the the fuel costs versus the delivery. I don't know, but you know, that's a, a pound here or there. It's nothing. Um, but yeah, so it less than forty pounds a month to feed her, and like I said, she's a big dog. Yeah. So I don't think that's hugely expensive, really. It's not. I think people are looking more into it now. There's, there was research done by Allied Market Research, and they've got on their website the minute um, there's a rise in popularity of organic and raw pet food as a result of a greater humanisation of pet food and results Mm. This results in higher spending. Um, so in 2021, organic and raw pet food combined was worth 18.7 billion. Mm-hmm. But this 
year and next year they're predicting the market value of organic and raw pet food to go up to 29.2 billion holy moly yeah so i think a lot more are looking into it i've noticed it even in the supermarkets when people are buying the cheap stuff Mm. um i mean it obviously won't be the same for dogs um but you'll always hear people saying, oh, well, I'll get this one for the stray cat outside. It doesn't matter because it's just the stray cat. But I'll mm. get this one for whatever the cat's name is. So I think mm. people do make a conscious effort a bit more now to kind of look into what they're feeding the pets more than what they used to do, perhaps. Mm. Mm. Um, oh, I was just going to say something that's gone out of my head. Keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if there's any correlation between human diets being looked at more closely with the pet food ones getting looked at. I don't know. Especially because, like, obviously the the whole vegan thing was, I mean, that's another story in itself, the whole vegan thing, but that's had its peak in popularity, hasn't it, over the last few years? Um <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I don't know so much about that. I. I think I probably considered trying vegan for about five minutes, and that's as long as it lasted. So, I don't actually know. I mean, I know obviously I know what it is, but I don't actually know. I don't know. Is there a lot to know about a vegan diet? Probably I don't suppose there is. there is. We tried it a bit before doing the carnivore stuff. Yeah. Um, my yeah. only issue that I have with the vegan stuff is the substitutes that they have mm-hmm. for meat and things. Mm-hmm. Like, like the whole, the, the second premise, I suppose, for a vegan thing is the healthier side of it. But when you're eating all this processed fake chicken, fake meat, it's it's crap. It's just chemicals smushed together. And that, from the last that I checked, which wasn't that long ago, there's no regulations on the meat substitutes and what they're putting oh, in they stuff not? like that. No, not at the minute there isn't it, no. Um, because I know there was an issue with the fake burgers and the fake blood that they had in them, whatever that chemical yeah. was. It's been linked to God knows how many other diseases. So that's that's my issue with the vegan diet. It's just the substitutes and the the fake meat stuff side of it. I don't see how you can say that go vegan, avoid eating processed foods is one of the big selling points for people aside from the the animal welfare but then you're eating yeah. processed food anyway just in a vegetable format and it just it doesn't make sense to me mm. um but i suppose you could again you could <clears throat> excuse me you could be vegan and sort of make all your own food from scratch so you knew what went in it and it would undoubtedly be really healthy i suppose but um I think the committed ones, the, the proper, proper vegans, I think they yeah. do that. I think the yeah. uh, generic market of trying to get people off meats, the ones that are doing the, um, that are eating all the fake chicken and the fake bacon and the. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, you can like, you can make meals using chickpeas and stuff like that. And there's mm-hmm. like nothing wrong with that. That's all good. Um, but like you say, those actual like, synthesized textured protein things Mm, not not a big fan not a big fan 
go carnivore, everybody. It's the best thing you'd have ever fucking done, honestly. <laughs> You're still sticking to it, then? You're still liking it? Yeah, I, I don't think... I think if... Same with the vegans. I think they've got levels of it. I think the people that have been doing it a long, long time and the hardcore carnivore lifestyle mm. people only do the meat and the eggs and that's it. Um, mm. We, to keep it more sustainable for us, have added in elements of the keto diet. So that's like the full fat Greek yogurt, the full fat cheese kind of a thing. Mm. Um, mm. As little carbs and as sugar as possible. So we've we've blended it with keto a little bit just so that we can stick to it but I've never felt better eating this amount of meat it's the change has been incredible and we've tried everything we've tried the vegetarian thing we've tried the vegan thing and we, we yeah. gave them both a decent amount of time to get into the swing of it and didn't yeah. feel nothing changed didn't feel any better for just eating veg and meat substitutes but since doing the meat thing I'd, I'd Maybe I wouldn't recommend it to everybody because it's not going to be all right for everybody by any mm. means. But I definitely say to anybody, if you're feeling crap, we've got medical issues or you're trying to lose weight, have a word with your doctor. If they say, yeah, go ahead, try it, then I definitely say try it. It's worth a shot because um, I just get incredible now and eat them. Oh. <laughs> apart from still being tired in the morning, but apart from that, energy levels, everything, skin, hair weight That's loss great. everything's just been That's great fantastic i might just start eating the catkins with the cats <laughs> make a bit of money <laughs> well i can tell you one thing i will not be ever eating charlie's food <laughs> <laughs> never say oh. never you never know they're wanting to, no. it's all mealworms and stuff they're wanting us to eat next in it so oh, you never God. know you might have to go for charlie's food no, it's cl- no, it's clearly it, it's not human standard food. It's, it's quite clear that it's uh, not for human consumption. But <laughs> I know that uh, she is not allowed to kiss me half an hour after <laughs> she's got to wait half an hour, and she has to have a drink of water before she can kiss me after she's eaten. Um, yeah, yeah, we don't want to be licked by that. Poor little thing. Someone called her cute yesterday, and I mumbled under my breath, she's anything but fucking cute. She's not cute. I thought that was some kid walked past and said, oh, right, cute dog. And I thought, really? (laughs) Fuck you. (laughs) No, I just just thought, do you want to see what she does when I bring out the bike pad? (laughs) I'm not really a big fan of the word, even for kids, when people show you photographs of kids. No, you don't. You don't like the word "cute." I don't like the word "cute." I don't like the phrase "are oh, bless." Oh, that's that's an English thing, isn't it? It is. Yeah, I yeah. just it's just yeah. weird if you're like, oh, I don't know, such you know as what, such as you know died. And... I, you know what word I hate when to, you know talking about like children and dogs and things? Adorable. I hate it. <laughs> Do you really? That's quite a. Oh, God, that, bleh, I hate that word. I hate it. I hate it. Adorable. Ugh. I have used that a few times at work in the work chat, I must admit, when it comes to kids. Because I don't know what to say to people with kids. Like, I don't really give a shit about your kids. I don't really want to see pictures of them, and I don't really think they're that cute. So I just go with the word adorable and hope that that kind of covers, covers all bases. Yeah. <laughs> 
doesn't offend anybody. <laughs> oh my God, I'd piss myself laughing when you wouldn't call some child, someone's child, a crotch potato. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I laughed so much when I read that. <laughs> well, that was when they sent me the um, kid in the school play or something, wasn't it? I was like, oh, I've got to sit really? and watch this shite on TV. <laughs> yeah, crotch potato. That's that's. That's usually that's, what I tend to put that's up That's hilarious. In. I've never heard that before. Is that? Did you make that up? I think I changed it because I'd heard of the word, the term crotch goblin before. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, yeah, which, I kind of, which could go in another direction completely. <laughs> exactly. And I thought, well, kids kind of sprout from that area, so we'll just go for potato. So it's, yeah. That's so funny. Hilarious. Refer to your crotch potato, it just means you're chit, you kid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I I really laughed at that. I just thought that was hilarious. And and you know how um, you know how people call their dogs and cats fur babies. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> um, which again, I know lots of people do, and I think particularly if you've got like maybe a small dog, but. Like we've never, we've never called her our fur baby because she's not our baby. She's a dog. <laughs> she is a dog, and she's treated like a, a dog in the best possible way. But no, yeah, we don't do the fur baby thing. But I, I find that a bit. You don't dress her, dress her up in clothes or anything like that. Then, what do you think? <laughs> Good. Say her in a little Australian T-shirt and a hat, maybe. Oh <laughs> my god! Can you imagine? <laughs> no, we. She wouldn't even. She wouldn't even tolerate that. She. She just would just chew it off. <laughs> Have you got access to Instagram, um, WhatsApp at the minute? Um, or would you have to come off your phone to do that? I think I'd have to come off to. Yeah, no, I can't. No, because this this is a link from WhatsApp, so I can't oh, okay. go into WhatsApp. Because yeah, no. I'm going to send you um, a photograph of something you can buy for your dog, which I thought was absolutely hilarious. Well, you might appreciate I'm assuming, it. I'm assuming that I won't really go and do you. <laughs> I don't think anyone's ever fucking bought it. To be honest, it's horrendous. But the uh, most the most that we do is that we. I make her a little pup cake on her birthday. That's it. Oh. So she gets a little treat. A proper one or one of, the, one of them doggy? Well, in, in a pup cake as opposed pup to a, cake. As a pup cake. But it's basically, I think, what recipe do I use? I think it's like something like rolled oats and an egg and some peanut butter and then it makes enough just for one cupcake um and you just you know cook it for whatever and then put a little bit of yogurt on top that pretends to be icing and that's it that's all she gets on a birthday we don't we don't put hats on her or anything like that <laughs> oh, dear. start up a little side business if anybody wants a pup cake <laughs> let us know Anita will do. <laughs> uh, i've sent you that picture it has got somebody's name attached to it because just ignore that because I said it looked like somebody who you're not going to know. <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll look at it after. Just, just ignore that. But I've said it all before. I you. bet you didn't. I bet you didn't have a chance to look at that uh, that 
reel I sent you of that do- deputy dog radar. Did you see that? What did you send it on? In WhatsApp. On the group chat or in the, just our... Um... To you, I think. Um... It was really so you could just look at the hot guy. Do I think Not... that, I've got the one, the picture that you sent of us back when we were in Hoyland and then the one of you, your other half and your mother's the last, last oh. thing. Unless it was on the... Main... Oh, I don't. I don't I'm know. sure I'd put it in just the one between you and I. Anyway, it was purely for your visual entertainment, really, for for your viewing pleasure. Because, I mean, I know you're not interested in the dog because it's a Malinois, but I just wanted you to look at the guy because he's so, <laughs> so fucking hot. It's ridiculous. Resend it, Anita. All right. It should, it should be illegal. Seriously. But, uh, it, like he puts one, he puts one out every single day, and he's he's got a different treat, and you know whatever the dog is trying, he has some too. And uh, like the other day, it was like a can of Dairy Whip, um, you know, squirty cream stuff. And the, I think yesterday it was actually, do you know in America you can get squirty cheese? Oh, it looks minging, doesn't it? Isn't it disgusting? <laughs> But but he had some of that, and so the dog was having some of that, and the dog loved it. Of course, dogs love anything too. So um, I'll send you another one, and you can just <laughs> you can just have a little a little moment to look. I know you you might be might not be your sort. Anyway, I'll send it you. <laughs> and he's my sort, darling. You said yeah. it. Bloody cart. <laughs> Appalling. So, have we got any um, questions that we have to address? Not that would be relevant to today's one. I think I'm going to keep them to... um, Oh, that's right. You said that. Sorry. Yeah, to next week. Because I think that this one's been quite a good little standalone episode, I think. And we've not had any sidetracks neither for a change. Well, we did a little bit. We sidetracked into human stuff for a while. Eh, dogs, humans. <laughs> They're all in the same field, aren't they, when it comes to vets and doctors and... Yeah, yeah, true. But no, well, yeah, well, I'll clip... Oh, actually, no, I, I do have one that's from me to you because it was a conversation I had with somebody else um, mm. that I know does listen. What's your thoughts on... Dog cages and not keeping dogs in cages for a long period of time. Just like if I don't know, say you work you work from home and mm-hmm. it's in there for half an hour. So, do you have any objections to people using dog cages? No, no. Um, I've never had a dog as an adult before, and when we bought Charlie home, Andrew's had dogs before, um, and we bought a crate and. My initial reaction was, you can't put her in the crate. That's mean. But, again, that just mm-hmm. came from my ignorance. Um, if you crate train your dog correctly, their crate is their place to go and chill and decompress, and it's their little space, and they yeah. should feel safe, and they should actually enjoy going in it if you train them, if you crate train them correctly. It's their little Chill out space. It's their yeah. space. 
Um, and if it means keeping that keeps them safe for whatever reason, then yeah, they're, they're a good thing if you if you train your dog properly. Um, they shouldn't be used as a punishment. It's like you did you did something naughty. Now you're going to get locked yeah. in your crate. That doesn't work. That's not the way to use it. Um, so yeah, yeah. In spite of the fact that I initially thought it was cruel, it's actually not. <laughs> it's actually you know if you crate train your dog properly, they're a really good thing. She'll be chuffed to hear that. There you go. I won't say what her name is, but she'll be chuffed to hear that because she got quite a, a hard time. <laughs> from strangers for putting the uh, dog in a crate for a half an hour or so. Um, oh, should be glad to hear that because I've, I've used them when we've had dogs in the the packs, not for punishment, just for I don't know if you. I think the one time we mainly used it was when we were at my ex's mother's because she was wheelchair bound. Um, mm-hmm. she, she could still just about walk to answer the door and whatnot. So we used to put the dogs in the crate while she answered the door to get the post or whatever, yep. Um, yep. just to make it easier for her. So. Yep. Um, and I think dogs actually need to learn that relaxing is part of their day and, like, when they come back from a walk and stuff, they do need to have, like, a bit of chill time. Mm-hmm. Um and it's there, it's there, the crate should be their kind of haven, their place of safety, their place of, it's their little space to go, like their bedroom, really. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, crate training is a good thing. But there like a go. whole lot of other things, um, I've completely done a, a 360 <laughs> on my opinion on lots of things as, as I learnt more. Um, so, yeah, I my initial opinion was just from a place of ignorance. So there you go. Yes. So we're just about to hit 90 minutes. We are, don't we? We've done all right. I've not been watching the timer. In, We've done all right. Right now. <laughs> there you go. So we've got some questions for next week. Good, good. All right, we'll have another look at what we'll chat about next week i've got a feeling news wise it's just gonna be the same shite that's out this week which isn't an awful lot it's just not really and we might have more questions from people by next week too that'll be send some more questions in people we love it (laughs) or else (laughs) yeah or else (laughs) google your ip addresses i've got your information on this system i know (laughs) i know where you're from but we will have a yeah we'll We'll have a look into it. I, th- I think at the minute the majority of his... Do you know what's been really interesting? I've noticed the the big YouTubers that do the news um, only this week have decided to speak about the... Um, when we briefly touched on the Matt Hancock thing and the inquiry, mm. that's only just becoming a big story with them lot now. And the film that we just touched on last week's only just mm. becoming a big topic oh, for them really? to talk about. So We're actually quite ahead, Anita. We're ahead of the times. Not going to gloat, but <laughs> we got <laughs> but there. We're <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah, there's Good not much know. going on this week. I think the majority of the stuff that's been in the news this week's um, just been the new disaster still footage things from uh, the new Disney Snow White remake. I think that's the only thing that I've seen circulating. And 
Ugh, whatever. That's not really amusing. Not, no, it's just a a woman walking around with people that aren't dwarves because they're too offended to put dwarves in Disney films. So. <laughs> <laughs> Oh that's that's, that's that. <laughs> so yeah, oh we'll, we'll we'll see what crops up next week, but we'll I'll probably yeah. grab you before then. Um, yep, yep. And just see what we fancy. We'll take it from Lovely. There. Sounds good. All right, darling. Enjoy right. the rest of your Sunday and thank you for popping Indeed. on. Oh, it's always a pleasure and have a good week. <laughs> you Who knows too. what this week's gonna bring, we'll just see. All right then, talk to you soon. Speak to you soon. Bye. Bye. bye.